92nd in Nashville, formerly 33rd in Emerald, with the same old fantasy football talk. Well, the generous from Oak Lawn need to be the champion. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Who's this man? Find out this week on the Fantasy Lounge with your host, Randy Hansen. As a gym coach, he was a natural. Show me some hustle! Here's this week's edition of the Fantasy Lounge. And we are live in the Fantasy Lounge. As always, Mikey Mac on the mic. To my right, to my left, not seeing anybody. That's right, a quick emergency solo Mikey Mac Lounge. Randy must be extremely hungover. I called him three times. Did not answer. Dave Steuben already on the ledge from the AB fiasco. And I don't blame him. I want to dive into a couple things here. Um, not only are we talking AB, I want to kind of sum up some of the Bears' thoughts. And then I'm also going to bring back an old segment. Something that I haven't done in a while. But if you've been a day one listener of the lounge, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But first... It's hard to start any football, fantasy football show, podcast, debate without talking about what is going on with Antonio Brown. If Antonio Brown is on your fantasy team, most likely you spent a mid to late second rounder, early third rounder for this man. AB owners right now are not feeling too good about themselves, and rightfully so. In the past 24 or past 48 hours, here's all that's happened with Antonio Brown. I'm going to be quick because I know people that listen to this show get minute updates on what is going on. But <clears throat> Antonio Brown posts that he got fined 40K for missing walkthroughs and practices on Instagram. Mike Mayock, not too happy about that. They get into an altercation at practice. Antonio Brown. Says some few words. Apparently called the man a cracker. Kicked a football in his general direction and said, find this. Bontez Perfect, of all people, had to restrain him. That went down. Initial reports yesterday, or two days ago, I forget. It's just all merging together. He was going to get suspended. And most likely, the Raiders have access to deny him Antonio Brown's roughly $29 million guaranteed money. Yesterday, John Gruden comes out, all's forgiven. Antonio Brown gives a tearful apology among team captains. He said he spoke to Mike Mayock man-to-man. Things are hashed out. John Gruden says he's going to play week one. AB then about three, four hours later posts a confidential um, conversation you had with John Gruden on a YouTube page. It's actually a pretty sick commercial for Antonio Brown. He posts that, and, to- and surprisingly, John Gruden's not that upset by it, but some people were like, what are you doing, Antonio Brown? John Gruden's like, you know what? I kind of like it. It's kind of cool, man. Good for John Gruden. Comes out today. I wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning. Antonio Brown posts on Instagram, he wants a release from the Oakland Raiders. If you're just waking up, or if you had a long Friday, yes, this is correct. Yesterday, just 24 hours ago, John Gruden is playing week one. 
Everything's kumbaya, hunky-dory, in Raider camp. Now, all of a sudden, Antonio Brown posts on Instagram he wants to be released. Apparently, not only are the Oakland Raiders withholding his guaranteed contract money, but they have fined him 200 k and Antonio Brown isn't happy about that. And I guess the Raiders have the right to not pay him that $29 million. He wants to be released. Oh my goodness, what a shit show. What an absolute shit show. Um, again, for Antonio Brown owners in fantasy, we're going to get to his value if there is any in fantasy in just a few short seconds. But I'm going to give you a, a, a try to take here. My initial reaction when I woke up and saw the story was how bad does John Gruden look? My initial reaction. Looks extremely soft. Mike Mayock does he have any power? Is he just a suit at this point? Because when you get in an altercation with your GM, and basically, from on the outside looking in, nothing really happened. The Twitter world, nothing happened. Mike Mayock looks weak as well. How does it play in the locker room? Probably not good. I'm going to get to that in a second. But now taking time to think about it, knowing that basically Antonio Brown was going to have to play on a week-to-week basis in order for him to get his money, from what I understand. They kind of put the ball in Antonio Brown's court. My guess is that John Gruen, Mike Mayock, didn't buy his apology. The conversation that Antonio Brown recorded confidentially of him and John Gruen, um, talking about John Gruen saying, Antonio Brown, just play football, man. What are you doing? That came out. I think so deep down, John Gruen, Mike Mayock, believe he does not want to be on the Raiders team. And they basically called his bluff, in my opinion. They said, you know what? We, hey, we're not going to suspend you. We get you're trying to sabotage everything we're trying to build here, but we're not going to suspend you because we don't think you actually want to play. You're quitting on football. It's not us coming down on you saying you can't play. You, We're putting a decision on your court. You have basically now come out and said you do not want to play football. I feel, I still think Rune looks weak a little bit, and I still think the locker room could be lost. But ultimately, now knowing all the situation, all the circumstances, I think the Raiders actually... Didn't play this terribly. I know that's going to be a hot take. Trotter doesn't know what he's talking about. I get it. But knowing what I know now, I don't think it was a terrible decision on Gruden and Mayak's part to not suspend him. Because they truly believed in their heart that he doesn't want to play for the Raiders. It's your decision, A.B. He obviously wants to be released. Now, what does that mean for Antonio Brown? Who's going to pay the man if he does get released? Is he going to play for peanuts? I doubt it. I doubt he goes somewhere that's... Well, I doubt a title contender is going to bring him in. People have been floating out in New England. To me, their receiver situation isn't that bad. We'll get to... I mean, we can get to that in a different day. But what team takes a shot at him that he wants to play for and is actually going to pay him? I don't know. I don't think there's any. I think we're looking at a situation where we might never see Antonio Brown play another down in his football career. With that being said, If you are an Antonio Brown fantasy owner, what do you do? When news broke that he called Mike Mayock a cracker, Dave Steuben, our league, owns him. He was offered, I believe, vaguely. and He has Antonio Brown, Rams defense, Derrick Henry. Someone offered him roughly Duke Johnson, Rams defense, and a a wide receiver three or four. I told him on Thursday, you can back me up on that, Stoops. Do that deal. Anything that you could get for Antonio Brown at this point, 
salvage what you can. Obviously, now it's going to be ridiculous. I mean, people are going to be almost sending you trades as an insult. But if you could get someone with, like, I would even do it. I would if someone offered me Cortland Sutton, I'm pulling the deal. I'm pulling the trigger on the deal. Like, if you could get a receiver that maybe could be a top thirty guy, you got to do the deal. There is no way that he is playing for this Oakland Raider team. It's just not going to happen. We are officially less than 24 hours away from kickoff on Sunday. They play Monday night. I just don't see this. It's impossible for this relationship to get repaired. Do the deal. Now, I already picked up Hunter Renfro. Tyrell Williams, I'm sure, is getting picked up extremely quickly in leagues. Hunter Renfro, uh, when I last picked him up, was owning less than 5% of fantasy leagues. If you're an Antonio Brown owner, go out and pick up a, a rated receiver. Again, I talked about Derek Carr, over 4,000 yards passing in Gruden's system last year. I don't hate that offense. I really don't. Darren Waller, uh, a hot name from Hard Knocks. He was drafted in our league, but I guarantee you in certain leagues, you could probably find Darren Waller and, and put him in at a tight end position, which is pretty sparse, but... There's not a lot of options if you are an Antonio Brown owner right now. Not a lot. Move them as fast as you can. You're going to get pennies on the dollar, but move them. I mean, just looking back at this whole situation. I guess it stemmed from when he recorded Mike Tomlin in the locker room. Like, Listeners, maybe send some send some send some texts. You know, get us to talk to us on social media. Could you remember a bigger fall from grace than Antonio Brown in the NFL? Almost like a heel turn, if we're gonna go wrestling terms here. I can't. Maybe Randy Moss in Oakland, who basically just quit on the team for a little bit, but then he went to New England and regained his his fanfare. I, I can't. To maybe. Notice I'm, I'm 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 naming all receivers here, but I can't I can't recall a bigger fall from grace. So that's the Antonio Brown news up to date heading into the first week of your fantasy season. Speaking of the first week, <laughs> opened up Bears Packers. Could you even call them the Bears? Probably maybe more fitting the bad news Bears. Um. Don't get me started. I don't want to get too invested uh, in terms of my emotions. But as anybody that watched the game, the defense looked amazing. Uh, it really did. The offense looked like a high school offense. I'm just calling it like I see it. And so what we're going to do here on the lounge, Mikey Mack's going to play a blame game. I don't know if you heard this saying, though. You never never point the finger at anybody. Never point the finger at anybody because when you do that, you got one finger pointing at an individual, and then you got three point back at you. I don't see how that saying applies here because I didn't play in the game on Thursday. So I'm just going to go ahead and assign some blame here. I really thought about this, and I'm going to go 80% Matt Nagy, 20, or I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go 15% Mitch Trubisky, I'm going to go 5% Deion Bush for not swatting down that Jimmy Graham touchdown. Nagy, 80%. I'm going to do a deep dive on some of these play calls here. 11 rushing attempts for Bears running backs. 11. 
Cordell Patterson got one, which made 12. Mitch Trubisky ran three times. 15 rushing attempts in the entire game. Keep in mind, guys, it was 3-3 three to three for the first three quarters. It was 3-3 three to three for, no, it was 7-3 for the first three quarters here, boys. What are we doing here? 15 rushing attempts? 11 by your, your running backs? And here's another thing. I'm going to quote Randy here. Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. I'm here in all camp. David Montgomery, David Montgomery, David Montgomery, David Montgomery, David Montgomery. Seven touches for the guy. The third rounder out of Iowa State. Seven. Why do teams do this? Don't tell me how much you love a guy and then show him nothing. Keep in mind, guys. Not only was it seven touches. Not only did Dave Montgomery only play seven touches. Probably our best running back in the team. Our best running back in the team. I'm not hating Mike Davis. I thought he showed signs. I like what Davis did. Montgomery saw 28 snaps the entire game. 38% of the snap count went to Dave Montgomery. That's on Nagy. It's completely on Nagy. 45 pass attempts for Mitch Trubisky. 45. Uh, let's go back last year in 14 games. How many times did he throw over 45 times? Anybody want to take a guess? Anybody want to take a guess? One. One. Against New England, which was a shootout. They almost won that game, by the way. One game last year, and we're going to start out at home in a 7-3 ball game, basically, throughout the entire throughout the entire longevity of the game, and even in the fourth quarter. Throw 45 times. That's on Nagy. That's on Nagy. Don't give me this gimmicky shit anymore. I'm tired, I'm tired of seeing the first play of the game, fake reverse end around, fumbled, snap, whatever it was. Another thing I had a bone to pick with Nagy. You come out of halftime. Opening drive in the second half. You set football back 50 years. Three plays. Two yards. A minute 18. On the clock you burned. Coming out of halftime. No adjustments. You couldn't get one first down. That's on Nagy. That's on Nagy. Um, well documented his post game. The third and one failures. Well documented. The the third and one run to Cordero Patterson. Okay. He's not a running back, guys. He's not a running back. I get it. New England made him look like a running back. That's New England. He's not a running back. Give the ball to Mike Davis or David Montgomery. It's simple. It's simple. It's simple. I never played a game in my life, guys. Never played it. Never, never put on the uh, shoulder pads. Never did. But it's a simple game. You give If you're going to run the ball, give the ball to Dave Montgomery. Or if you got Cordell Patterson, instead of running it right up the gut, I don't know, get some misdirection. Fake end around pitch. I don't know. It's just an example. That gets stuffed predictably. Then another third down when they fake hand. It was a, a play action. It looked like a fumble snap. And bit, Trubisky had to roll out third and one. And he throws it away. Not good. Not good for, for, for that play call. Well documented. We were watching the game with some intel. I was watching the game with some intelligent, high football IQ guys, and we had a little bit of disagreement on this next topic. I'm going to talk about the fourth and ten, late third. It would have been, I think, they said a 54 yarder. Talking to some people, Jim Malik, Joey T, Simo was in the building, Dave Steuben, Randy Lay, Thomas. Some good names. We had a discussion about it. I, I thought you punted there. I really did. From my perspective, 
if you're Matt Nagy, what has the Bears offense shown you that they could convert a 4th and 10? Why not punt it? I, I made a remark, Pat O'Donnell's most overrated kicker. He actually, overrated punter. Maybe you give Pat O'Donnell a shot. Maybe he pins it inside the 5. I don't know. Jim Malik disagreed with me. He thought you should go with it. Maybe, 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 maybe a different game. I would have. I don't like that play call. Didn't like it. Trubisky ends up scrambling up the middle, gets tripped up for about four yards. They they turn over on downs. Wasn't a big fan. Was not a big fan of that play call. So I, all that stuff's on Nagy. So that's why I give him eighty percent. Um, shout out Chuck Pagano. I thought dialed up some interesting blitzes. Yes, uh, on Thursday. Look, when you hold Aaron Rodgers 220 yards pass and you give up 10 points, you expect to win the game at home? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. It's a tough one to swallow. All right. I'm not going to talk about Deion Bush, but 15% Mitch Trubisky. I'm going to dive in a little bit on and, and Biscuit here. He looked like a high school quarterback. That's just what it was. He did. I don't know. Maybe it's because he didn't play any preseason snaps. That's another thing that's on Nagy. I don't know. Patrick Holmes, did he play in the preseason? Ah, yeah, he did. Uh, Baker Mayfield, did he play in the preseason? Uh, yeah, he did. Lamar Jackson, did he play in the preseason? Uh, yeah, he did. There's no excuse for Mitch Trubisky not to have played series in the preseason. I don't get this. Oh, I, I get it. Sean McVay did it. I get it. Uh, Belichick did it. Did Tom Brady play in the preseason? Yeah, he did, actually. My point is, when something's not broke, don't fix it. Don't re- don't reinvent the wheel here. That's another thing on Nagy. Play him in the preseason. He's not he's not Drew Brees, guys. I'm sorry to say he's not. Play him in the preseason. All right, going back to Drabisky here. He looked like a high school quarterback. Out of his 45 attempts, over 50 percent of his targets went to two people. Around 50 percent. No, it's 50 percent. Allen Robinson had 13, Tariq Cohen had 10, who might be the shortest player in the league. But let's keep running them out in the slot and keep running five-yard digs. Um, that's on Nagy. Put him on the, can you put him in the backfield a little bit and maybe get him lined up with a linebacker? I don't know. Just a guess. Just an idea. 50% of his targets to two people here, guys. He locks onto his... his, 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 his he has not changed in the, in the two and a half, three years of playing quarterback. He has not changed. That pick by Adrian Amos, put Chris hey, Chris Cascarano, he makes that play. Now, it's not a knock on Chris, too. Well, well informed of his football accolades. But he he just he he looked at he looked at Allen Robinson the whole time and did not see him. There was a play, I think, in the first half where he rolled out Allen Robinson's wide open for the first down at in the same direction that Mitch Trubisky's rolling out. Couldn't give him the ball. Couldn't see didn't see him. The guy lacks vision. He just does. That's just what it is. Green Bay took away his legs. Trubisky couldn't get anything going in his run game. He had a, a, a on the first drive. He had a first down when he ran. That was about it. Me and the commish late night phone conversation Thursday night heading into Friday morning. I, I, we th- out of the starting quarterbacks in the league, you probably take twenty six to 27, 28 of them over Trubisky at this point right now. That's not good. That is not good. With all that doom and gloom, though, and you know me, people that know me, I'm, uh, you know, I have some, I have some maybe mood swings. I go up and down a lot. I will say this: 
I'm not. I'm not so. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not writing off the season yet. This Denver game week two is huge. It is. It's. It's. It's a big test. We gotta see what we're made of. But if we go out into Denver and we win and we start the season, the first five games, we start the season three and two, possibly four and one. I'm not saying that's a possibility, but we do play. If we get the Denver game, we get Washington, we get Oakland, and we get Minnesota at home. I feel good about that Minnesota game. If we go four and one, three and two, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Bears fans, take a step back. Trubisky, with all his flaws, with all his flaws, I think could still put points on the board for this team. I think Rust was a factor. I think his overall quarterback lack of skill is a factor. But I think once he starts getting in the rhythm and his second half drives, especially in the fourth quarter, were better. The Bears are going to be okay. I, I believe that. I, I, I believe that. Or maybe I'm trying to convince myself, but I believe that. Let's take a step back a little bit. It's week one. They lost week one last year. I know it's different. I know it's different. But they went 12-4 last year. Whew. All right. Really didn't talk much fantasy. We're going to get into it. Now. If you remember, or if you are a day one listener, you remember this segment. We're going a little pop-off, drop-off, Mikey Mack edition. Pop-off, drop-off, meaning individuals who are going to pop off, exceed their point total, their projections, and then individuals who are going to drop off, individuals who are not going to perform to their projections. A little pop-off, drop-off here, folks. And again, everybody's favorite segment because it's my segment. We're going to start with a little pop-off. I'm going Carson Wentz here, boys. Last two home games against the Skins, 570 yards passing, six tutties at a 69% clip. I like their offense. More importantly, I like their defense. I don't think Washington's going to be able to move the ball too much. I think they run it up early to validate the Foles trade. I would not be shocked if, if Wentz goes for about three tutties and 300 yards on Sunday at home. I expect Deshaun Jackson to have kind of a big game. I think Wentz right now projected 25 in our, in our in our league. That's six points a tutty, though. A point for every 20 yards passing. He's projected a 25. I think he goes over that. I'm expecting like a 35 piece, maybe Big Hurt style. Pop off Carson Wentz. Go to the receiver position. Another pop off. Chris Godwin. Look, San Francisco at San Francisco last year, 35 touchdowns through the air they gave up. That was good for second worst in the league. That's about two a game here, folks. I mean, so they're giving up they're giving up points through the air. I like what Bruce Arians has done in the past. I expect Bruce Arians to do similar things in the future. Last year, Jameis, six of eleven games, threw for double digit touchdowns. Three of those games, which he did not, against Chicago, Baltimore, and Dallas. Dallas. Last time I checked. Pretty stout defenses. I'm going to give him a pass on that. I expect Jameis to throw for three, maybe four. Chris Godwin might get... I, I don't want to... This is, this is kind of a big... I, I'm expecting a 25-piece from Godwin. Maybe eight for 120 in a tutty. Puts him at 26. I also kind of like San Francisco a little bit for fantasy purposes. If I had Dave Steuben, we would have did our fantasy game, game, game. Of the week, week, week. I kind of like that that San Francisco-Tampa game. I think Brita and uh, Coleman have a good games, And I think I think Tampa Bay kind of has a good game, too. 
Now, for any for every individual that pops off, we have individuals who drop off. It's funny I just mentioned that game, but George Kittle. I know, Mikey Mack. What are you talking about? Tampa was god-awful last year on defense. And they were. Gave up 34 tutties. Third worst in the league. I get it. But the sample size, I didn't go back to 2017. I just went 20. So call me lazy, whatever you want to call me. But the sample size last year was not good with Garoppolo and Kittle. In three games that Garoppolo played, Kittle averaged 10 fantasy points. Did not get in the end zone. I know I mentioned I like that game from a fantasy matchup. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe maybe a little Dante Pettis, maybe like I said, I like Coleman, I like Brita. I just I, I, Kittle right now is projected fifteen sixteen. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes five for fifty and doesn't get in the end zone. That's all I'm saying. Drop off George Kittle. I'm going out to Seattle West Coast. Joe Mixon projected right now at 16 last year Seattle only gave up 13 rush uh, uh, thir- Seattle last year was 13 against the rush 13th best but only gave up nine rushing touchdowns which was fourth best in the league right now the weather's not looking too good out in Seattle I don't like those conditions don't like them I think I think initially heading into this game I kind of liked a little bit Tyler Boyd and stuff. I think I, I think Seattle has a hard time moving the ball. I think on the flip side of that, Seattle has a relatively easy time moving the ball. Time of, time of possession in Seattle's favor. I think Mixon drops off maybe 8-9 to nine this week. My last drop off. I'm going to get killed for this. I'm going to get killed for it. Patrick Mahomes. Projected 29. In Yahoo. That's a monster, folks. The 29, that's monster projection. This is what it is. And he deserves it. I'm not saying he doesn't. Mahomes lit the league on fire last year. But did you know the only game that he did not throw a touchdown last year? Do you know who that was against? It was against Jacksonville. Who did they play week one? At home or on the road? They played the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a little concerning for me. He did throw for over 300 here, though. Nothing to sneeze at. Nothing to sneeze at. But didn't get didn't get in the end zone. Look, Jacksonville's defense for real. Josh Allen, the rookie. Go ahead and go ahead and hammer defensive player of the year. Go ahead and hammer that. I, I don't know what he's going at. I'm assuming maybe like plus two hundred. Maybe it's more than that. I hammer that. Hammer Josh Allen, defense MVP or defensive player of the year. I could see potentially Jacksonville with Foles. Controlling a little bit more clock, being more methodical. Blake Bortles last year was not good, and that's just don't, and, and that's and I don't want to I don't want to pile on Blake Bortles, but he just wasn't good. Nick Foles I think keeps possessions alive on third down. I think maybe Kansas City's not on the field as much as they would like. I'm not saying Mahomes is going for 15 here, guys. 29 is a big prediction. I think. He ends up at the 20 to 24 clip. He drops off a little bit. Keep in mind, last year, Jacksonville only gave up 194 passing yards a game. Second best in the NFL. Whew! Had a lot to get to you. We had to get a lounge out. No two minute drill because I don't like calling games. I feel like it's bad juju when I pick against other people. That's why I have Randy do it. Um, put all that on him. 
Again, I told you guys, called Randy three times, did not answer. That tells you he's probably hungover. Other than that, check us out. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. We are here. We are here to serve the people. Appreciate all the hometown love we're getting. Love it. Love it. I'm looking forward to seeing Galley and, and, and Malik's matchup this week. Gallagher had a little, uh, I believe, Allen Robinson playing that in that game. I believe, possibly, maybe not. Looking, I'm looking forward to see that that matchup play out. A, a gutsy hometowner bet Mike Davis first carry last week. Won that bet. Gutsy call by an individual in the hometown league. Remember, though, it's never too late to come relax at the lounge. Take care, y'all.